Hi everyone, and welcome to the first episode of my podcast, Why So Political? My name is Neha Yadavali, and it is an absolute honor to be your host. As for some basic information you may want to know about me, I am a high school student based in the U.S. My whole life, I've always been intrigued by current and historical events. My goal with this podcast is to inform people about what is going on in the world, along with what once was going on. I also feel that it is incredibly important to find middle ground with those who disagree with me. Regardless of liberal or conservative, Democrat or Republican, I hope you enjoyed this first episode of Why So Political, and if you like what you hear, I would highly encourage you to share this with friends or family. Before this episode begins... I will warn you that we are about to discuss a very mature topic. We will be covering topics such as death and the Holocaust. Viewer discretion is advised. At one point in our lives as students, we may have heard or learned about the world wars. These wars involved many powerful nations and superpowers. It's incredibly important to read and understand both of these wars in greater detail. After all, learning and understanding history prevents us from repeating certain events that prove to be far more than detrimental to society. Both of these wars have a very deep historical and social impact. However, in this video, we'll primarily be focusing on World War II, or at least a very important part of it. We will also be covering many first-hand accounts of the Holocaust. Lastly, we will be making connections. What with the Japanese expansion, the Great Depression, and more, there are so many aspects of the war. In this episode, we will mainly be covering the topics of Hitler, the Nazi party, and the Holocaust. To get a better understanding of the start of this war, we will have to go all the way back to the end of World War I. At the end of this war, a document known as the Treaty of Versailles was signed. Essentially, this was a peace treaty between Japan, the US, France, Germany, and the UK. Signed in 1919, this treaty made sure that Germany took accountability for their part in the war and punished them by stripping them of their territory using tactics of demilitarization and massive payments. It goes without saying that Germans absolutely hated this treaty, as they felt that they did not have a fair say in the matters handled in it. Germans protested many unfair clauses in terms of the treaty. In fact, it was this bitter hatred that would later fuel the events that would cause World War II to an arguable extent. This would be a good time to mention the Nazi party. The Nazi party was a result of German nationalism, or the strong identification with one's own nation and support for its interests, especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations. The Nazis were extreme nationalists and were completely against the terms of this treaty. In the early years of the Nazi party, a German politician by the name of Adolf Hitler rose to great popularity. He was considered to be an effective speaker who was very passionate about many of the views that the party upheld. This, in fact, led to the eventual decision for him to be the leader of the Nazi party. To get a deeper understanding of this, we need to take a look at some key Nazi beliefs. Firstly, they believed in a stronger Germany. They wanted the treaty to be abolished as it was greatly negatively impacting the German way of life. They wanted the Germans to unite and come together. Another belief of theirs was to take part in a sort of tyrannical government, if you will, rather than a democracy. 
They believe that there should be one leader with absolute powers. Another belief of the Nazi party was also the idea that Europeans who were not German, or blue-eyed and blonde-haired Europeans, who were considered superior to Jews, were subhuman. They felt that Jews were a threat to them and had to be destroyed, partly because of their beliefs, but also in part because of German expansion. It's very important to remember these views because they play an extremely important part later on. Now that we have a deeper understanding of the Nazi party, we need to consider how they rose to power. In Germany in the 1930s, there was a lot of economic and political instability. These circumstances, along with Nazi propaganda, which would later end up benefiting the Nazi party, who received quite a lot of support, ended in the Nazis gaining majority. In 1932, there was a major election in Germany. Because of the Nazi support, they ended up taking 230 seats in the German government, becoming the majority party. At this time, Paul von Hindenburg won his presidency. By 1933, Hitler found his way to be Chancellor of Germany and eventually the Commander-in-Chief. This was Hitler's rise to power. After his rise to power, well, I feel as though the National World War II Museum says it best. Hitler, and I quote, smashed the nation's democratic institution and transformed Germany into a war state intent on conquering Europe for the benefit of the so-called Aryan race. A major part of this was the extermination of Jews. That was a whole lot of context we just covered. However, it is all extremely important to in order to understand why Jews were persecuted. However, the actual details of the Holocaust entail an even more horrific part of the puzzle. I would never be able to do full justice to these horrors as I am privileged enough to never have to face such a thing. These are some quotes from actual Holocaust survivors. Ralph Webster states, nothing about these times make any sense, nothing. Putting it to words only makes it sound too simple. Chill Rochman states, All were expected to die, and every day of their life was a day of suffering and torment. All had witnessed terrible crimes, and the Germans would have spared none of them. The gas chambers awaited them. Most, in fact, were sent to the gas chambers after only a few days of work, and were replaced by people from new contingents. Only a few dozen people lived for weeks and months, rather than for days and hours. These were skilled workers, carpenters and stonemasons, and the bakers, trailers, and barbers who ministered to the Germans' everyday needs. These people created an organizing committee for an uprising. It was, of course, only the already condemned, only people possessed by an all-consuming hatred and fierce thirst for revenge, who could have conceived such an insane plan. They did not want to escape until they had destroyed Treblinka, and they destroyed it." End quote. At the end of the Holocaust, around 6 million Jews were ruthlessly murdered by Hitler and his Nazis.
In all honesty, the reason why I decided to make an episode dedicated to this was because of a personal encounter that I had. As mentioned before, I'm a high school student and I have talked to many people with very different views. The other day, I was having a conversation with a fellow peer when the topic of literature came up. This led to a conversation about Anne Frank, a 13-year-old girl who was forced into two years of hiding during the Holocaust. She recorded her experiences in a diary. This literature pro- provides a first-hand account of the terrorist faced. During this discussion, someone stated, and I quote, If you ignore all of the debts of the Holocaust, Hitler had a great mind. When I heard this, I was beyond appalled and disgusted. To be completely honest, I almost lost all my faith in humanity right then and there. I mean, let's put this in very simple terms. Hitler was the ultimate form of evil. Any mentally fit person would look at a man like Hitler and feel nothing but shame and content, right? When I realized that there were actually people in this world who sided with him, well, to say I was disappointed would be a severe understatement. Furthermore, it was difficult to accept the fact that there were Nazi and Hitler enablers in this small town in which I lived. This experience really opened my eyes at how uneducated many individuals were about oppression and the humanitarian crises that this world faces, has faced, and will face, granted if we continue to let so many people go uneducated about these issues. It also opened my eyes to the complete lack of empathy so many individuals hold. Really, we as humans have been so desensitized and it shows. To think that someone could look at the Holocaust as a, well, that's too bad, or whatever situation really emphasizes the enormous problem that faces our generation, along with future generations. Although this seems very grim, and don't get me wrong, this situation that we face is very grim. Not all hope is lost. There are so many things that we can do to build back walls of empathy and hope in humanity. I truly believe that education is the best way to go through with this. In all honesty, the person who made this horrendous statement probably had little to no prior knowledge of the Holocaust. This is why our schools should cover all parts of history, the good and the bad. While we may think that kids are not mature enough to handle these topics, the truth is that if we don't teach them about it now, They will only form hateful and extremist opinions in the future. We can see examples of this in Germany right now. Schools in Germany require the coverage of the Holocaust and the Nazi era in curriculum. Furthermore, educational trips to concentration camps, Holocaust memorials, and museums are necessary. And this is quite frankly a great decision. I am a firm believer that these topics need to be emphasized in schools. In the end, history is filled with crises, bloodshed, a countless number of human rights violations, and more. Our generation needs to be aware of this. Yes, our history is horrendous, and yes, some of these issues may be hard to digest, but they need to be covered, because in the end, We can no longer hide behind this facade of perfection and equality and all things good and lovely. Our world has been an ugly place. 
I get that completely. But if we continue to let our youth live in ignorance and live with the idea of false harmony, we are only doing a disservice to future generations. And I highly doubt that anyone can go to bed at night and live with the fact that our world is not anywhere close to the sugar-coated fantasy we were taught. That concludes the first episode of Why So Political. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my take. I know this episode was incredibly heavy, but I truly appreciate your time. If you like what you heard, I highly encourage you to come back next week. A new episode drops every Monday at 8. Live long and prosper. Sincerely, Nehayatavali.